You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Amen. Praise God. Okay, we want to go to what we looked at on Sunday and take one or two things from there and we'll pray. Praise the Lord. So we'll take our text again, Mark chapter 5. And we'll read from verse 24 to 34. Let's read together Mark chapter 5 from verse 24. So he says, so Jesus went with him. This him is now talking about Jairus. And a great multitude followed him and thronged him. 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. 30. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see how who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus name. And may we receive all that we deserve of him as well in the name of Jesus. Father, tonight we yield to you, we yield to your spirit. Come have your way in us, come have your way for us. Come have your way through us. Your word is light. Your word brings life. Let the entrance of your word bring illumination tonight. Let it dispel darkness. Let it lead us and bring us into the liberty and the victory that Christ has already won for us. Thank you for heads that will be lifted, O Lord. Thank you for feet that will be established, O Lord. Thank you for those who were bowed down that will be raised up, O Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you praise in advance. For when your word comes, it does not return to you void. Send forth your word, O Lord. Let it accomplish. Let it bless. Let it heal. Let it deliver. Let it position in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Okay, we want to just go through this again and establish one or two things and then we'll pray. The principle we've been looking at over the weeks, it's simply faith, faith in God. And Mark 11 verse 22 says to us, our Lord Jesus speaking to them, said to them, after he had cursed the fig tree and the witness they dry from the roots, he said to them, have faith in God, have faith in God. And then in 23, 24, he now goes on to say, for shortly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, 
he will have whatever he says. Praise the Lord. You can actually stop there. You'll have whatever he says. So we see that our Lord Jesus, who has spoken to the tree and said, you'll be dried up by the time I come back. He didn't give that detail, but we saw that that was what he implied when he cursed it. And the disciples came back and saw it like that. And then they were surprised. They were surprised because Jesus just spoke. He didn't pour acid. He didn't pour a chemical at the fruit of the tree. They were surprised. Now, if you come with me, uh, there are a few verses that say the same thing. Mark 13, 31. If you're taking those, Mark 13, 31, or Luke 21, 33, or Matthew 24, 35. They all basically are saying something. They say, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Praise the Lord. One of the principles that we have to lay hold of concerning faith is that the word of God is superior to even the earth we are living in. Praise the Lord. He said heaven. Heaven is the one that people are still trying to discover. Mission to Mars. Mission to the sun. Mission to the moon. To discover, to find out what is there. He said heaven will what? Pass away. Earth is the one we are in now. Where we are as we are standing. It says this will also what? Pass away. But my words will what? By no means pass away. Lord, help me to grasp the truth of this statement. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because it's essential, again, you know, for this life of faith that we're living. In John 8, John chapter 8 verse 23. Our Lord Jesus responding to the Jews made a statement to them. And this is how, what he said. He said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Can we have the message? And let's see what, the way the message puts it there. In message, it says, Jesus said to them, you are tied down to the mundane. I am in touch with what is beyond your horizons. You live in terms of what you see and touch. I am living on other terms. This is what the life of faith implies. The man or woman of faith is going to live beyond the horizons. Praise the Lord. You're going to be in touch with things that you can't see. Isn't that what the Bible says? Where I had not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. What God has prepared for those who love him. But he says, but the spirit has what? Made these things known to us. So the, the life of faith is the life that has come into contact with what the Spirit has said. And because the Spirit is reliable, because the Spirit is dependable, because the Spirit knows all things, the Spirit is omnipotent, omniscient and omnipresent, then we can take what the Spirit says and then despise what our flesh or the physical world is saying. Praise the Lord. That's what it is. So Jesus said to them here, I am from above. And do you know what? If you're born again and you're listening to me, you're watching, you are also where? From above. But the limitation, like we began to see on Sunday, is that you also have some component of you that is from beneath. And that is why you can either at every point in time in your life, you're either walking by faith or you're walking by sight. You have the capacity 
to now live this life from the above perspective. Or also to limit yourself to live this life from what? The beneath perspective. Which one do you choose? Let's major on that one. You want to live from beneath? No, you want to live from above. I want to also live from above. So we're, you know, we're together in it. So having this understanding, we see that the life of faith can never be a walk in the park. Because for us now, for our Lord Jesus, he was completely from above. Praise the Lord. He was conceived of a virgin. We're not nobody here. Our mothers were not virgins. No matter what they may have told you. Praise the Lord. You see, so we have the Adamic nature which was there. And many of us, some of us were, you know, as we grew up, we had an encounter with God. Some of us had grown up and become old before we had this encounter with God. So for every one of us here, we have a nature that is earthly. We have a nature that had been trained to respond to the earth. We have what, you know, the native sense, the native adjustment to reality. How we solve problems. You tell a lie, you dodge, you know, you cheat, you do this, you do that. Or you do, you know, open eye. Now, when you become a Christian, we begin to learn what the Bible calls a more excellent way. Isn't it? You begin to see that it's the way of love, the way of world, truth, the way of the children of light. So that man, that new man, is having the old thing that is in him, hindering, restraining, you know, interrupting the new man. The Bible says, it says, he that is in Christ was... It's a new creation. All things have what? Passed away. All things have become new. But those old things that are passed away, you're still carrying them on. Because the Bible says the flesh is lusting against the spirit. That old man in you is still not happy that you have become a new person. Any opportunity it has, it will pull you back. And that's why you see many Christians in hours and dif- hours of frustrations and times of difficulties. You see them almost regret, ah, if it were in those days. The old man has gotten a bit of them. I pray you get to the point where you will never say if it were in those days. Because that old man, you don't want to get there. That man, the Bible says the wages of sin is what? Death. What that man has waiting for him is death. And that's why the apostle Paul says, I do what? I beat this body. He's going to die. Let me even begin to beat it already. Praise the Lord. I mortify the flesh. So that is the thing we have to understand as we go on in, you know, in this hour, look at the study of faith or understanding faith or applying faith. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, let's open to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We can read from verse 1, but where I'm going to is 6. Okay, so it says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but what? In the power of God. Very important. Our faith is not in the calculation. Our faith is in the power of God. We trace back to who began this whole thing. Who created it all. And then he goes on now verse 6. He says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So we see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us here. He says, our faith 
should not, will not be in the wisdom of men. This wisdom of men is talking about here is is what we may call science, what we may call the technology, everything that we see, everything that is from beneath. Praise the Lord. Now, they are not seen, they are not anything, but our faith takes us beyond them. And what we begin to see in verse 6 now is that the reason we have to go beyond this thing is that this wisdom is coming what? To nothing. It's passing away. But we are being introduced into a wisdom like we started away. It says, heaven and earth will what? Pass away. But this one will never pass away. Which one would you rather have? A wisdom that tomorrow you find out it was foolishness. Or a wisdom that as time goes on, you see the wisdom in it. How many of us have seen some of our old pictures 25 years ago, if you're up to 25? Or 15 years ago, if you're less than 25? When you see those pictures, do you see how your wisdom has become fully? The way you were posing and thinking that you are the best thing that happened in that party. When you see yourself, you want to jump and pass. You see, all the shakara, all the guy you did has what? Has come to pass away. And the one you're doing today, if you see yourself tomorrow, you say, what, did I wear that type of beard? You know, some of you are looking like Osama Bin Laden now. You see, when time comes, you look at that beard and say, did I carry that beard? When I was growing up, a man with beard had to be a ruffian. But now a man with beard has to be cool. This one, I didn't understand this. I said, why, why is he looking like a goat? And they rightly called it goatee, Abby. But now I want to shave it. My wife said, don't shave it. I remembered it. I said, let me shave this thing before I see it in future and regret. She said, no, leave it. So I'm carrying a goatee. When I was, I saw, I, I, we had some teachers, you know, who had this, our form master had it. Then he would just be doing like this. I said, why is that man carrying? <laughs> but to him, he must have been cool. You understand? The wisdom of this world is what? Pastor, the things that we think are it. But there is a wisdom, praise the Lord, that is only from what? Glory to glory to glory. That is what we want to enter into in the name of Jesus Christ. And that is what the life of faith is about. So taking out from there and coming back to this story, this account we have here, we want to see in this account some things that we should lay hold of and apply in our lives. First, you know, we dealt with quite a few of them on Sunday. But once again, you see what happened there. We have a multitude thronging about Jesus. Then we have a woman, one woman standing out. What this means, I, let me help you get the picture. How many of us here did jam? Okay. Now, if you did jam, imagine where you were maybe 5,000 or 6,000 and you were writing jam exam. And the vacancy was won. Now, the cutoff was the highest. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, this woman had, was in an exam situation, and she was the one who was, only one who passed. Now, I want you to get a picture in your mind. Would it have been easy? Is this something you just walk through? Faith is a fight. Any result of faith is a result God fighting. The Apostle Paul says, if after the manner of men, or is it, yes, I fought beasts, or is it after the manner of beasts? You know, he said, I fought beasts as Ephesus. The thing we are involved in, this life that is coming from above, is not what we are going to slide through. Praise the Lord. We are going to get it as we go. Well, it's not what we are going to slide through. It's a mentality you have to catch today. Because many times when people hear faith, 
and we don't get the ground, we don't get it completely balanced, we run off with the excitement, and when it comes to the time to apply the faith, we are discouraged, and then we faint, and then it's as though faith doesn't work. Praise the Lord. Let me preempt myself. First Timothy 6 verse 12. Paul speaking to Timothy. He says to him what? He says, fight the good fight of what? Faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. But look at what is there. Fight the good fight of faith. And then in 2 Timothy 4 verse 7. The same the apostle Paul writing to Timothy said to him, I have what? Fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So we see here by two instances that faith is fought. Praise the Lord. Let me repeat. Faith is what? Is fought. Faith is not eating. It's not a surface. There is a fight. And I believe many of us understand what the word fight is. I took liberty to check what does it mean to fight. Because as I I meditated on this woman's story, so many things were coming. You know, but this will capture it. If we're able to go into the details, it will be beautiful. The word fight never implies ease. It never implies ease. You know, Nigeria is progressing. There are some positive developments in the country now. I remember many years ago, if you are going to fly... You know, then we had mainly Nigeria Airways and maybe once in a while there will be Okada Airways. But if after you have bought your plane ticket in Nigeria in the early 80s, late 70s, after you have bought plane ticket in Nigeria and then you get to the airport, you have to fight to enter the plane on time because the, the corrupt government officials used to sell boarding pass. So the ticket did not guarantee you will get a seat. I just, I, as I'm sharing this, I pictured it those days. You see yourself after you have the ticket. You and your family, your mother will be pulling you. You have ticket to, that, this one that they queue and they're checking. They, if this plane will sit 100 people, they'll sell about 300 tickets. If you don't fight, you're not boarding that plane. And that fight was never, it was never fought in dignity. People were pushing, people were pulling. Steady. I get what I'm saying. It's a fight. And the Apostle Paul is saying to us, faith to take anything by faith is not by negotiation. You don't say, eh, eh, you know, God has promised me this. Allow it for me. And the devil will say, it's true. God promised it to you. The devil is, you see, the devil is a convicted criminal. Now, let, let me help you understand where, where, where I'm going now. The, the devil does not obey laws willingly. The only law he obeys is the law that the law enforcement officer is compelling him to obey. If he has his way, he will break every law. And that is why you need to know who you are. You need to know what the word of God says and be ready to enforce it at any time. Is somebody getting what what I'm saying? And that is why the faith is a fight. Because faith is what God has promised you. Faith is what God has given to you. But because the devil is in the world, he wants to keep from you what God has released to you. And if you're not ready to fight, praise the Lord. Okay, let's take another illustration. Maybe there's someone here who has that experience. You remember in, in primary school, let's leave secondary school. Okay, secondary school. There are some students that come back with a lot of provisions. And then there are some students that come back with fight. 
That means, you see, and, and you will see that in the term, as the term goes up, the ones that come back with fight end up eating more. There are some students that will come and beat a student and take his provisions. And the other one will be crying. Those days, there are no mobile phone. So before visiting day, one month would have expired. The beater will be eating. The father didn't buy that food for him. But he's just a representative of the devil. He has, you know, forcefully taken what belongs to another person. And the one who owns it is dying of hunger. Why? Because he fought him. And the other one was not ready to fight. We had students those days that would borrow your shirt or your clothes and wait until the day you wait, they will say you borrowed it. Are you getting what I'm saying? You see, the, the, the world, these things happen in the natural world, but they are more so in the spiritual world. So many Christians are living beneath God's provision and God's plan for them because they have not contended for what God has said is theirs. Are you getting what I'm saying? Last Wednesday, we looked at the children of Israel and we looked at, you know, the king of uh, Sihon and Hezbon, the king of uh, Og and Sihon. So we see that for you and I to actually possess, there is a fight to be fought. And fight involves contention. It involves now, in this case, now not physical violence, but spiritual violence. It involves strenuous effort. That God says you will be the treasurer or a treasurer for him. It does not mean you will sleep in your house. When you write application or you send the proposal, you just sleep. No. It means that that thing that he has said you will be, you need to contend for it. Contend earnestly, Jude told us, for the faith world, which was once and for all delivered. The only thing, let me tell you, the only things the spiritual man does not contend for is that which has no value. You know why? Because the devil also won't be contending for it. But anything that has value for you and I, that God has promised us, be sure that the devil wants to keep us from it. And the fact that he wants to keep us from it does not mean God doesn't want us to have it. It means that this thief, the Bible tells us the, the, the thief does not come what? To steal, to kill, and to what? And to destroy. Yes, he has come because there is value. Now, you and, your, you and I must arm ourselves with that mind. That this thing is mine, and what will happen? I will fight for it. Praise the Lord. And that is what we saw with this woman. There were a multitude there, and the very woman, we don't know if there was any other person in that crowd who was, who it was illegal for him or her to be in the crowd. But we know this woman, it was illegal for her. That's the first fight she had to fight. Her healing was passing, but it was illegal according to the ceremonial law of the Jews for her to be there. She broke that law. That's what a fight is. A fight means when they say you can't cross it, but you know that my blessing, my promise is beyond there. What do you do? You cross it. You cross it. You cross it. If the doctors advise this and this and this and, and you know that your healing on the, is on the other side of the divide, you pull off everything that the doctor said. Praise the Lord. There are many men of God. I think, I don't know Kennedy. I don't know the story completely. But at a time he said, God has healed me. Remove everything. 
That is a fight. Because you see, sense, wisdom will say, no, don't do that. You can't try that. Can, can you see, see your BP? See your this? See your S? And, and, and my, 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 what helps me fight those type of fight is that the, the blood pressure machine could be bad. If it has the capacity to be bad, and the word of God can never be bad. Which one do I want to take a risk on? A man has gone for a test and the test came out pregnant. Because they mixed up the urine that they used. So somebody said, the doctor said this. My counsel, I don't listen to those things. Because they, have, it, they can be bad. They are improved upon. Do you know that? X-ray machines, they improve on it. They test everything they are using medically. They improve on it. So who knows whether you are the one that will cause an improvement on that one. You don't take what they say as final say. It's a fight. And the little I understand about this thing is that there's the one they call, um, is it diabetes or what? There's uh, pregnancy-induced diabetes, Abby. There's stress-induced diabetes. There is uh, poverty in this diabetes. There is all kinds of inducement. So why will your own be the genuine one? My, do you understand what I'm saying? All these things, they said heaven and earth will do what? Will pass away. But my word, if you hold on to the word, let everything pass away. That's what it is. It's a fight. You see, many times we want to wait until everything is in agreement. The sun is saying go. The rain is saying go. The moon, the dogs, everything is saying we are for you, we are for you. If you wait for that day, say he that observes the wind, what will happen? He will never sow. He that observes the wind will also never enter into his promises. The apostle Paul says, I have fought. Fought means I want to go, they say I can't go. I say I will go, they say I can't go. Then we start knocking heads. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? This is part of it. This woman, it was illegal. She was ceremonially unclean and she should have been kept far from people. But that day, she didn't just stay amongst people. She touched many people, more than other people. She was pressing through them because her healing needed a fight. Somebody, your healing needs a fight. And you're going to fight for it in Jesus' name. So to fight talks about using violence to go to war, battle, to contest, to struggle. To make strenuous effort to do something, to obtain or achieve or defend something. We, 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 we cannot allow ourselves take it for granted that we're in a world. That's what we looked at a few weeks back. It's a world. You know, at whatever dimension you look at it, even your personal life, that one everybody knows it here. That prayer of one hour is equivalent to movie of five hours. Bible study of 30 minutes is equivalent to gist of three hours. Why? Because Bible study is a fight. The devil wants to fight you because there is benefit in it. Gist of three hours. In the multitude of words, there is sin. The devil will encourage that gist. If you want to stop, he will bring another one. Anything that is beneficial. How many of us have noticed that when you are not fasting, you forget you're hung, you haven't eaten? When you're fasting, the day you want to fast is hunger that wakes you up. And then you wake up and you say, I'm so hungry. It's because there is a fight. And the quicker and the earlier we establish that, it will help us fight the fight. Is somebody getting it? 
Praise the Lord. So it means to engage in conflict. It means to make major effort. So we saw that the first fight this woman fought was this. Then the second was that she heard about Jesus. And what did they tell her about Jesus? Jesus heals the sick, isn't it? But the Bible said she had spent her money on many physicians. What did the physicians, what were they all supposed to do? They were supposed to heal the sick. So she had to fight another fight. She had to strengthen herself and say to herself, this one will not be like the rest. Do you know how many believers that when you pray, they don't say amen again? Not today. Isn't that what the woman said to the prophet? Say, prophet, don't deceive me. Why? Because many people had prayed for her. Many people had prophesied to her. And she had gotten to the point where there was no use in this. It's a fight. The devil knows. I think it was early this year that we learned the end time. Isn't it? The end time. One, two, three, four. You don't know whether your end time is tonight. Somebody can claim it tonight. Yes, you don't know whether the appointed time for you is now. But you see, the enemy will make sure. He can even, he doesn't even mind. He also knows your time. So he would allow you to be shouting, shout. But when it gets to your season, those are the mornings you wake up, you don't want to go to church. Those are the meetings, those are the things that you say, this one I'm not going. You know why? There is a resistance that has checked in the climate and say your time has come. Then that very time is when he's going to say, count it now. How many years have you been trusting? Why waste this one more time? Because the enemy knows that that one more time is the only one that is needful. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? There is an enemy. So this woman must have thought that. All these physicians have taken my money. But this one I'm hearing about. And this one is not by appointment that I'm going to see him. I will have to press through. I don't know what it was, but she must have had some serious fight in her. Praise the Lord. The next thing we also see is that she said to herself, if I may touch, if only just touch the hem of his clothes. I don't know the manner of cure the other physicians she met had used. Some of them, I understand, um, I don't know how technology had advanced at their time, But a few years back, hundreds of years back, the way doctors treated illnesses was to bleed your blood. I hope you know that. So they used to think that if you're sick, it's because the blood on your left side is more than the one on your right side. So they'll be bleeding. They'll keep you on one side. See the way some of you are looking at me. That's how many years to come, you'll be looking at what they're doing today. I just want you to hallow God and not exalt men. These people, it's called medical practice. Do you know that? That means they're practicing it's not medical perfection. It's medical practice. Just like law, legal practice. They keep changing. You know, if they say Ivan is Evans today, then tomorrow they say Muhammad is not Muhammad. You understand what I'm saying? They keep adjusting everything they're saying and they're doing. Anyway, so this woman heard and then she now set her own condition and said, this healing I'm going to get now. And number one, I'm not going with money. She had no money. Number two, she said, I won't even sit, I won't even give him the details of my sickness. I'm just going to touch the hem of his garment and I will take my healing. If the devil makes the mistake of coming to you, I want you to take the stakes higher. This woman didn't lower the stakes. She didn't say, I will get better. She didn't say, I will do this. She said, I will touch and I will get myself completely healed. You see, there are some things you should say to yourself that you should make the devil regret ever coming around your household. 
Is somebody getting what I'm saying? That is what people of faith do. You know, in the U.S., the first time, you know, the earlier times I started going to the U.S., I used to hope that I would fall in the airport or, you know, fall in, in one uh, big mall. I never fell. <laughs> you know, so that when you fall, you can claim damages and all of that. That thing is why if you fall, CCTV will see that you just went and skidded and, you know, something, whatever. Anyway, but there's that mentality because you know that this thing, you have a right to it. So when the enemy comes and tries to push you, to pull you, to, you know, dissuade you, you yourself take it higher. Do you understand? It's not a time to say, well, no. It's a time to say, if this is what you're saying, this one is even going to be at a greater level. I'm taking it to a level beyond what you could imagine. That's what this woman did. And it's the wonder that Jesus said, somebody touched me. Now, if you look, let's look at the text. Let me show you something there. In verse 13, the Bible says, Jesus, immediately knowing that in himself, that power had gone out of his body, said to, to, turned and said, who touched my clothes? Okay. Now look at verse 31. Verse 31 says, his disciples said to him, the multitude is what? Thronging you. But Jesus didn't say the multitude. Jesus said somebody did what? Touched me. Thronging and touching is contact to. They, all of them are contact. But touching of this woman was with an intention. She said to herself, everybody here is doing the same thing. Everybody here is playing religion. Everybody here is attending kingdom kids. But I am coming for something. And I'm not going to live the same way I came. So when she came and contacted Jesus, Jesus also knew that somebody different was in the environment. That's what faith is. Faith doesn't say seven people, all of us. No, no, no. Faith says, as for me and my house. That's what faith says. I don't know about you. I don't know what you're saying. But this is my word, position. And when you take that position, God looks at you and says, that one is from above. The whole multitude were operating at the same level. But somebody came and identified him. It was the same thing when they said to Jesus, son of David, son of David. He stopped and said, who recognizes my messianic title here? And it was a blind man. He said, call that man. He knows something many of you don't know. Many of you are saying son of the carpenter. This one says son of David. And he was blind. May the Lord open our spiritual eyes. In the name of Jesus Christ. So she said, if I may touch. And then he goes on that the Bible says, verse 29. Let's look at 29. 29 says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body. Now, I don't know how to translate this, how immediately she would have known she was healed. But you see, this is another dimension to faith. Where you claim the healing without examination. You see, those who teach, you know, healing uh, ministry, they say, don't look for the symptoms. Look for the healing. Look for the healing. Because you see, if it's a flow, if she was going to test by touching the substance, it will still be wet. So she could have touched it and said, it's still wet. But she said, she felt in her what? Body that she was healed. She was expecting that God would do what he has said he would do. And that is faith. 
That is the fight we fight. Because do you know that any time we don't believe what God said, we are believing what he didn't say. I don't want to say we are calling him a liar. I don't want to say we are exalting the enemy. But any time the word of God says, this is your portion, and you don't take it like that, you're doubting him. You're doubting him. And someone will say, but well, but well I, I, I feel this, or uh, this is the situation, the economy is bad, and all of that. The Bible says, whose report will you believe? Whose report? We said it the other time we were looking at this study. If you listen to, depending on the uh, TV station or the newspaper you read, you think you're in two different countries. You read some particular newspapers, you think, you know, this country is something else. You read another one, you see another thing. The same thing with the U.S. If you watch CNN, you will hate Trump. If you watch Fox, you will hate the Democrats. That's the way it works. So it is the report that you're listening to, that you're giving attention to. That is what is influencing your conviction. And tonight we know that whose report should we believe? We shall believe what? The report of the Lord. And what does his report say? His report says you're blessed. His report says you're healed. His report says you're whole. His report says you're favored. Circumstances that are saying whatever. They said heaven and earth will do what? Will pass away. That's what you should say to yourself. The enemy will tell you, but this is where you are. And this is where I met you. Tell him where I am will pass away. But his word will do what? Will surely come to fulfillment. Praise the Lord. So we see, we want to stop at the final thing she did that we want to take, which we mentioned on Sunday. She said, we noted that um, Amplified says, she kept saying, faith speaks. Praise the Lord. Faith speaks. Faith speaks outwardly, inwardly, you know, speaks, you know, anyhow. For me, part of the way I gauge my faith, if I have a dream, you know, most of my dreams really don't amount to much. But if I have any dream, and in the dream, something happens that is, you know, beneath what my standing is. When I wake up, I'm very angry with the devil. I fight because I wonder, how come, even in my sleep state, should such a thing happen? Do you get what I'm saying? I'm trying to say to the level your faith will speak. So, you're on your own, your faith will speak. You're with people, your faith will speak. Somebody say something to you, your faith will speak. There's a, an interesting place I want to show you. Come with me to John, John chapter 4. Let me show you how, we've, how this fight is fought. The fight of faith is not a joke. Where Jesus was going to Jairus' house, Further down in this, the next verse, 35 here, says, while he was speaking, Mark 5, 35, after he addressed the woman, the Bible says, while Jesus was speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, who said to Jairus, your daughter is dead. Praise God. That's what they said. And was she dead? Maybe. But this is where you see that the devil is behind this, is the, the fighter fighting. They said to Jairus, your daughter is dead. Full stop. Isn't that enough? Read the next line of the statement. What does it say? It says, why trouble the teacher anymore? Is that their business? These people were in the house. And they brought news that the daughter was dead. It's enough. Tell the man, Jairus, your daughter is dead. Sorry, and continue. But why do you give information and give advice. 
That's how you know the devil is involved. That's how you know the thief is involved. He said, your daughter is dead. Leave the teacher because they know that if he keeps holding on to the teacher, the daughter will rise again. So it's not when you hear some things, if you stop at the facts, I can understand. But don't move from the facts. I don't have a job, yes. But you're not my God. God will provide for me. Don't tell me I'll die of hunger. Don't tell me this or that. No, leave the facts. That is what you're seeing. But the conclusion and the outcome, it's not in your hands. And it betrays the fear of the devil. He sent them to say, go and tell him his daughter is dead. And then go and dissuade him from following the teacher. But see what our Lord Jesus did. Look at the next verse. King James will say what? As soon as. That is the fight of faith. There are some conversations that you should have and don't let it end. I've said there that there are some jokes you shouldn't crack. There are some jokes you shouldn't laugh at. There are some things you should not even allow somebody to use your name to do. You know, when that's not my portion. That's where it is. And uh, you were going and this. You say, not my portion. Refuse it immediately. The Bible says, as soon as Jesus heard it, he didn't allow it to sink. He said to him, what? Do not be afraid. Some translations say, do not listen to them. Let us go. Praise the Lord. Let's rise on our feet. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. The song says there is a fight to be fought. There is a race to be run, Abby. Tonight we are going to pray because Revelation 12, verse 11 says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus has done that. Praise the Lord. We are not shedding any blood again, are we? The blood has been shed on the cross of Calvary. By the word of our testimony, which is what we are learning, which is what we are saying. But the second part, I would rather the third part that involves us, is that they did not love their lives. This is the fight. Every promise of God determined that tonight you will not hand over anything that God has promised you. You won't let the devil take. If he comes for you, if he comes to you, let him go with bruises. Let him know that he has encountered a son of the kingdom. Let him know that he has come near one who knows his or her right. There are many that, you see, this life is beautiful. There are marriages that are enjoying perpetual honeymoon because a partner fought and said this thing will not end. Devil, you won't take my husband. Or devil, you won't take my wife. There are children that are bringing so much joy and delight to their parents because the parents say, this child, it doesn't matter what you do. Devil, this child is mine. You will only train him for ministry. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are people that are entering into such financial abundance because when the enemy attacked with lack, they responded with faith. They were crazy in their faith. They began to give 50% tight. They began to give. Do you understand what I'm saying? It says fight, and the Bible says fight the good fight. Why? Because anyone that fights it will win. I want you to open up your mouth and say, Lord, I receive the grace. I receive the tenacity to take that which you have given to me. I will not fail. This woman started up. She had no chance. But because she stood by faith, because she moved by faith, because she pressed on by faith, we are reading her story today. Lord, let me have grace to contend for the things you have said I will. Righteousness is the promise of God. You are the righteousness of God. You have to contend for it. Now we celebrate Joseph now. He fought for righteousness. If Joseph did not run, we wouldn't have his testimony. Is there somebody being tried in that area? You can fight for it. 
you can block out the things that tempt you you can take a stand and say in this area i will stand is it some illness is it some sickness you can take a stand i know whom i believe jesus has healed me i will enter into it i claim it i despise these symptoms you will pass away but the word spoken concerning me will be fulfilled i want you to fight i don't know where your own is i don't know what it is I don't know what it is for me i speak concerning this nation and i say it doesn't matter the agenda it doesn't matter how many of them gang up the Bible says as surely their gathering is not of him they will fall for sake he says it will cause them to grope in the day he will drive their diviners mad he will turn their wise men backwards because god has a plan for this nation hair will never gain from nigeria the multitude of people that are in this nation millions of people the blood jesus shed on the cross shall yet find souls multitude of souls unto salvation and we claim them from sultans we claim them from our majorities we claim them from our hajis we claim them from all over and say jesus shall be glorified in our nation i want you to pray is it in your finances in your business in your career in your body is it concerning your relationship lord i declare that you are my god and what you have said is mine i lay hold of it no devil no demon no opposition is going to take easily what you have given to me i take it by force by the force of faith by the force of confession i need you to begin to speak i need you to begin to speak I need you to begin to declare you are from above it doesn't matter the vibes that are coming from beneath I need you to take aerial advantage I need you to take aerial advantage from above speak yes fight the good fight of faith Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Because our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. He will not just do mega. He will do above. He will do mega. He won't do mega. He will do mega. He will do above. He will heal. He will strengthen. He will restore. He will lift up your head. He will enlarge your standing. He will give you favor. He will bring you before kings. He will give you a song. He will give you a message. He will give you all. You will be an answer. God is able to do. That is the God I believe. And I will not let the enemy take what he has given to me. He has given me life. He has given me his word. He has given me his promises. And I will lay hold of it. Because he's able. He's able. He won't give up on me. He will fulfill every promise. You've been listening.
listening to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.